we read about this stuff in our history books and it seemed so shocking and now to live it but also combined with the reality of like life just has to go on hello listeners thanks for joining us today we are back for season three of seattle diva with your host naomi morgan enjoy the show I have another wonderful guest. Her name is Rachel. Rachel, do you want to say hello to our listeners? Hi, listeners. This is Rachel. So, Rachel, we're going to start off the interview with a question that I'm asking everyone that is coming on our podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about you and what it is that you do? Yes. So, I am a singer in the Seattle area and um, doing a lot of classical music, Motown, and also with and I'm entertainment some and singing for seniors. And I am also a nurse at Seattle Cancer Care Alliance. Fantastic. So this is a huge segment that we are going to cover on the healthcare system. And that will lead me into my next question, Rachel. Can you tell us how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected you personally and professionally? One of the ways that this is affecting me professionally um, is it's completely changed how we function in our clinic. So we started out with just screening every person at the door verbally asking them questions if they have symptoms, cold or flu symptoms, which is something that we do normally at our work during the flu season since our patients are really immunocompromised. Mm-hmm. However, we are now having all of our people who are doing the screening they're in gowns and masks and full like protective equipment to help protect them since they're more exposed to potential positive COVID patients. We don't allow having visitors into the clinic hardly at all anymore, which I know is the same at University of Washington and many of the other hospitals in the area. The only time people are having visitors or, or caregivers at their bed bedsides, usually if you're a child or if you're end of life, so I can't even imagine Mm-hmm. what the providers are dealing with while they're inpatient. Personally, I think this has affected me on a more real level of just like assessing how I go into work every day as a nurse. Yeah, I've been thinking this week with more of the conversations coming up, at what point am I going to work to work? And at what point do I, will I end up getting to say, I'm not comfortable with my work situation anymore just hearing some of the stories coming out of Italy or Spain or other places where it's much more advanced than it is here currently New York even yeah even New York and seeing some of the scenes from the pictures from that I mean it look it just looks like the movie Outbreak or you know Mm -hmm. any of those movies that just seemed so crazy when they came out and now it's like oh my gosh this is the reality Right. That so many first responders or healthcare providers or like even grocery store clerks are potentially exposing themselves to. Uh, right. It's kind of terrifying. Okay, I have a question then. I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine how that. I mean, I'm crying over here because my business is having cancellations, but this is an actual like health risks. Are there other people in your industry who have the same concern? Yes, definitely. Definitely there are people that have this concern. We were, a few nurses and I were talking about it this week at work and saying, so what does it take for us to ensure that we're protecting ourselves while also still caring for people? And I mean, our institutions 
Mm-hmm. Here in Seattle, I feel like are very supportive of protecting us. I mean, if we are exposed to someone who's positive COVID, we're notified right away. We are getting swabs done right away on ourselves. We, at least at SCCA, we are very well taken care of, I feel, with always having to be on high alert for our own safety. So and you not do have community support. We do have community support. Okay. Yes. Well, immensely. Gosh, immensely. I mean, a lot of our listeners, you know, we really want to know what this is like. And I know that you can only share so much. I understand that. So you work mostly with cancer patients. You don't work, obviously, the place where you're flooded with COVID-19 is like the ER. Is that correct? Correct. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. We have set up our own kind of urgent care clinic for patients with these COVID symptoms though. So for any of our general oncology patients, we would typically send to the emergency room at UW if they're having any new symptoms that are urgent. And now we've set up our own urgent slash ER at our clinic to help provide space at UW for more patients who are coming in with symptoms that are concerning. So it's like a reshuffling of treatment or of care to try and create more space for others it's it's surreal I mean does it feel this is everywhere too this is like every kind of medical kind of station I feel like everybody's setting up and preparing for the worst yeah absolutely and whether it's here or talking to my family back in the midwest where they're seeing the same sorts of things Mm -hmm. um other health health care providers there I mean it's widespread it's worldwide that Mm -hmm. this is happening so you know I'm just asking all these questions that like my gut is telling me to ask right away so just let me know what you can't share sure I mean anything maybe not at this level but has there been anything else like this close to this that you've experienced where you had to actually make space for emergencies ever no absolutely not I mean we have emergency preparedness and plans for catastrophic events like earthquake plans or whatever and how we would potentially help other health facilities but this is unprecedented and it's very I don't know if unsettling is the correct word but it's just again to use the word surreal hearing my coworkers and hearing the attending doctors say this is not something we've dealt with this is so different and very unique yeah yeah that, do you get a lot of people asking you questions, like insider questions and curiosity? Um, I or have you been too like busy to even stop? And... Yeah, right. I, outside of work, you know, I'm not really talking to many people. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not getting tons of questions. And I think part of that is I'm just trying to keep to myself and sure. get through a lot of the day. So, uh... You have wonderful children, mm-hmm. so in general, we know that COVID-19 is not a huge threat to them, but that they are carriers, that's correct? Correct, is, as far as the current understanding is, yeah. Right, right. Is there any kind of system at home? How is that being managed in the home front? Can I ask that? Yeah, that's totally a fine question. So that kind of leads a little bit into how I cope with all of it, too. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about how professionally and personally you are coping with the COVID-19? So personally, some of the things I'm doing to help myself cope when I am leaving my job as a nurse and I'm coming home, I physically walk in the door and my children now know that I don't want them touching me or getting close to me. 
until I have changed my clothes and washed my hands really thoroughly. Wow. Again, not that I'm concerned I'm going to give something to them, but I just, it's kind of a ritual to help me unwind and just make that shift back into being a parent instead of a nurse dealing with crazy stuff at work. And also because I want them to see the example of like, we're taking a few extra precautions to be safe. And it's really sad sometimes to hear my four-year-old this week when we're going on bike rides if we see our neighbors even she has picked up and she will yell across the fence hi I'm happy to see you but I can't get close to you because there are germs that we can't see and we might not have them but we don't want to give them to other people and so I'm glad that they get it but it's it's just something again that you don't think you'd ever deal with as a parent mm-hmm. so trying to talk with my kids about it but also not terrify them because I don't want them living in fear of these unseen germs but also I want them to be safe and I don't want to take anything into work and put the patients I take care of at risk either more. oh yeah I didn't even think about that yeah that's I mean I have us completely quarantined and have for about a month and a half we haven't been getting together with people and I had even considered taking my kids out of school before school closed just because I was concerned of something coming home and me taking it into work and maybe that's being over cautious but Mm, that's fair though it's it's just yeah it's hard to know where to draw that line when was the time that you noticed that this was really bad I mean I feel like that is the question because for us it was really split you know it was you know Mm -hmm. you had one side of media and I don't want to say if it was you know right or left you know democrat or republican but just like some people thinking like oh my gosh, everybody dies from the flu, it's like a thing every year, it's fine, to, like, this is really serious and it's going to get really bad. Where were you in the middle of that, and when did it really hit you that this is a big deal? I was definitely on the side of, it's flu, people get flu, thousands of people die from flu Really? I Yeah, I was definitely there, and probably in January and early February, and then... When they talked about, you know, patient zero or whatever being here in the Seattle, Kirkland area, I thought, well, this sounds morbid maybe being a nurse when I say it out loud, but I have to say it, but thinking, oh yeah, you know, older people are more susceptible because they just, their immune systems aren't as strong. So, you know, they also die more regularly of the flu and I was still of that mindset. And then when it started just visibly spreading and we started checking people at work more frequently and the infectious disease doctors were saying something about you know if I was I don't I don't even remember exactly what they were saying but when the infectious disease doctors started briefing us on a weekly basis probably the very end of February oh wow about potential plans for if this gets bad I thought wait they don't talk about flu like that. They don't talk about other seasonal viruses like that. What is going on? And this is not That's normal. This getting... isn't a normal thing. No, this is not a normal thing. Okay. I mean, to see, what was it today that Italy had 900 over 900 deaths just today mm-hmm. I mean well that would that will depend on when okay. this airs but as of Saturday the 28th as of Saturday the 28th yeah, mm-hmm. yeah yeah I mean that is absolutely crazy 
Yeah. For lack of a better word, and terrifying and, like, humbling how little we really know about how viruses can potentially spread, too. So, yeah, when they started briefing us on a weekly basis at work, and then we started getting more and more emails, and then we got... 15 emails a day and then we get 20 emails a day about how policies are changing that's when it really hit home and I was like wow this is definitely gonna be something different that'll hang around for potentially a long time I'm gonna go on a tangent here this might be on the podcast this might not first of all I mean I'm in shock I can't even believe that I'm living through something like this I know that's what I tell myself too I I will frequently talk with people at work or wherever and just be like we read about this stuff in our history books and it seemed so shocking and now to live it but also combined with the reality of like life just has to go on Mm -hmm. and I can't like I wrestle with that on a daily basis how do I just keep going to work or how do I just keep singing and like planning for the future when it's like I don't know my schedule until a couple days before I have to be to work because we're changing our schedules all the time I mean it's just it's so fucking weird and you know and it's it's funny because like we have read about things like this we have read about mm-hmm. like tremendous tragedies and it was always in a storybook right right but what right. is really interesting and I mean my daughter's 21 but what's interesting is this is our children's world right like this is going to be a part of like for us it'll oh, right now this is like an extra shock factor for us because we don't know this world Right. You know, we don't know what it's like to live through a pandemic. And right. it's just crazy that this is going to be actually a part of, like, my daughter's young adulthood. They're growing up, yeah. Yeah, and your kids, your kids are younger. Well, I know, I've wondered about that for my 7 and 10-year-old. Like, will they start to be really paranoid about germs? Or will they I, remember I, like, the good times? Or would they, right, will they remember the good times of their mom homeschooling them in their jammies? Like, right. Ugh. Right. Oh, I was not cut out to be a teacher. <laughs> I'm Let's so be real sorry. That's so oh, I shouldn't complain, right? <laughs> I have a job and I have my children and I'm so thankful every day for those things. When I see so many people who do not have jobs now, but yeah, it is just it's a it's crazy to be living. Before we go that you want to tell the listeners any kind of thing that you are holding on to because you have a perspective that a lot of us don't have all we have is questions all we have is a need to want to make it better and easier on the healthcare system I know Seattle as a whole but also just the Pacific Northwest we really want to be supportive of our healthcare workers is there Mm -hmm. anything that you can ask of us that we can do better is there anything that you could tell the listeners that you know they'll really hear today I think I mean, it sounds so silly to just continue with is being asked of us to stay home and to wash our hands because it's really about protecting other people, even though none of us, most of us would not be high risk because we don't know how viruses can mutate either. And so what if this mutates, not to bring doom and gloom, but like, Mm -hmm. what if it does mutate a little bit and it starts affecting younger populations or other more vulnerable populations too? So we just, as much as we can, stay home and love one another from home. Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast today. We know you're busy and we know that your days are unpredictable. So your time is really valuable to us. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me too and for listening. And that's it for today on the Seattle Diva Podcast. Listeners, we will be back with another interview tomorrow. 
Have a good day.